Um, and thank you so much. Well, good morning in Canada here in Toronto. Uh, but the guest we have joining us today is uh, Mr. Larsh Oke. Um, and he is uh, joining us from Sweden. From okay, Stockholm, awesome. Sweden, yes. All the way from Sweden. And thank you so much, uh, Lars, uh, for you know accommodating uh, this interview request as it's truly an honor to have you on our show today um, because what I really wanted to capture or gather was your insights, especially from the tremendous experience that you bring to your role as president of the community pharmacy section of uh, the International Pharmaceutical Federation, well as you're an executive board member of this co-op AB. So quite an impressive resume and I'm sure that the conversation that we will that we'll be following um, is going to be very insightful. And I'm actually very excited to learn quite a lot uh, from what you have to share. Um, so before further ado, uh, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time from a very busy day to um, you know, complete this interview with me. Thank you so very much, Aska. It's indeed a great honor to be part of this very interesting series about the future of pharmacy. So thank you so very much. Thank you. All right. So I did want to go through uh, some questions and kind of get your insight on that. Um, uh, the pandemic has been a fantastic uh, turning point for our profession is what I would like to think. Um, and um, you know, I would love some insights from your end in like, you know, what are some of the achievements um, that our profession has achieved on a global level um, that you could highlight from the pandemic? Well, actually, I think that community pharmacy has shown its essential role within our healthcare systems, because uh, when even primary healthcare closed their doors, pharmacy remained open. And throughout the pandemic, and as we look ahead to the better days to come, there has been a great recognition of the role played by community pharmacies worldwide. And this is, I think, especially true in those countries that are looking to pharmacies to deploy and administer vaccinations, support COVID-19 testing, or help protect the most vulnerable people in our societies by delivering medicines to their homes. So once again, pharmacies um, have uh, actually shown how they are an integral partner in health systems. And in many countries, e-prescriptions became possible. Remote counseling has been developed in many countries, especially for the elder and those suffering from non-communicable diseases as they couldn't access primary health care. And we also have renewal of prescriptions for chronic conditions, video meetings between patients and pharmacists, and online pharmacies became a relief for many countries. And with apps where you actually could talk to a clinical community pharmacist 24 seven, um, some examples. Uh, and also of course, Canada has always, as always been very proactive in developing new services to support the population. And we mustn't forget COVID-19 testing and vaccinations, of course. Another part is collaboration between different healthcare sites, as well as collaboration with patients and with other healthcare professionals, telemedicine and willingness to adopt innovative ideas and to fight fake news about the pandemic and vaccinations as well. So learning from what went well and what didn't work in the early stages of the pandemic, I think is integral to ensure pharmacy professionals are better prepared to protect both themselves and their patients amidst new waves of the pandemic or new pandemics. 
Well, I, I completely agree with you on that, Lars, uh, because as I said, I think it's important that we highlight our achievements that we have gained as a profession. And I think this pandemic has really shown the light in terms of the importance that pharmacists hold um, in being an integral part of our healthcare system um, and what value we bring to the table. I think this pandemic has truly shown a light on that. And as you mentioned, um, you know, we need to look at our achievements as well as you know the areas where we can improve on as a profession. And we will get yes. to a bit of that. Um, you know, as we go through our conversation. Um, in the post-pandemic world, what changes do you see taking place in the community pharmacy practice and in the sector itself? Well, I think that the role of the pharmacist is changing and will continue to evolve. We can already see how the pandemic has accelerated some trends, such as telemedicine and telepharmacy, bringing a decade of change in just one year. And new services like... Um, um, pharmacist-led vaccinations that we have been promoting for a long time, we have received just in, in, in a short time. So uh, I think this is very important, of course. And um, also, uh, pharmacists have taken um, a responsibility to support the healthcare system during the crisis. And we have, of course, customer apps, remote consultations, home deliveries, and well-being services. They have quickly become a way of life. And I expect much of this to continue even after the pandemic passes. Our work in the past has paid off and our future looks brighter than ever, I would say. However, I think it's um, important that we, well, actually think uh, that dispensing, I guess, will always be part of our daily work as all our customers are not digital. I think that um, pro pharmacists provided patient care will be the future of pharmacy services as the pharmacist profession slowly gains uh, full provider status in the healthcare world. If we walk into pharmacy in 2030, I think there is a good chance that we will actually meet the pharmacist. And there is a good chance that the pharmacist will have little or nothing to do with dispensing. Uh, pharmacists might still be responsible for dispensing, but they won't actually be counting by fives and maybe not looking at all pill vials. I think automation, robots, software can probably do the job faster and more accurately when it comes to dispensing. And pharmacists will be adding value and improving health outcomes in other ways. I see more of point of care testing in 2030 in community pharmacy and prescribing on the spot, perhaps. I see more specialized knowledge and training of pharmacists. And every provider in healthcare has a niche. Physicians are trained to diagnose, nurses to support, and physical therapists to improve physical function. And pharmacists are the providers trained in medication science. And as such, they will actually be more perceived as the custodians of patient safety in relation to medicines. That's fantastic. And those are some fantastic insights. And it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, when you describe what pharmacy in 2050 would look like, um, it, it's truly, I think, what uh, globally, I think we're all pushing. And, you know, in, similarly in Canada, we're also pushing for similar roles with point of care testing, prescribing, um, getting that provider status. So it's going to be some very interesting um, and exciting few years ahead of us, I believe, as a profession. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to those years as a pharmacist uh, where I can get back into community pharmacy and practice yes. my clinical fullest. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really uh, guess, challenging times and very exciting times as well. 
I agree. I agree. And <clears throat> again, I think whenever you are improving or, um, you know, whenever you're adapting to new, um, you know, functions or to new tasks, there's always going to be challenges. Um, but I think uh, what is key is that we need to overcome those challenges and that limiting beliefs to be able to, you know, kind of transcend and go to that next step, uh, which is where we can, you know, work to our fullest potential and also support our patients with the most, uh, providing them with the optimal healthcare at the, at the, you know, easiest convenient locations um, nearby to them, right? Yes. Um, and I think uh, you also touched a br uh, briefly on the virtual uh, pharmacy piece and, um, you know, being able to provide uh, pharmaceutical care on, in a virtual setting. And I, I agree with you, like, you know, I think in the future, we will see more and more of our services being provided on a virtual level, at least there'll be an option um, to, you know, be able to access those services on a virtual level. Um, yes. With that, we also need to keep in mind that there's an emergence of online pharmacies um, and central fill pharmacies, especially here in Canada, where we are seeing, um, you know, pharmacies <clears throat> with an online presence and, and the central location where prescriptions are then filled, um, which oftentimes is, uh, you know, becoming a direct threat to the traditional community pharmacy model, which is, you know, the standard loan shop, uh, which where, you know, patients go to, to get their medications. So what does the future look like for that traditional community pharmacy that somebody may have? Well, I think that community pharmacies will always have a very important role to play. We need to remember that all patients are not digital. Some want the online convenience and some prefer to meet the pharmacist in person. And with more and more pharmacies becoming part of national vaccine programs, patients and consumers will continue to visit the traditional pharmacy as we can't get the vaccine injection online. And the traditional pharmacy has a key advantage, a personal relationship with the customers. Because I think it's all about trust. Trust is a central part of all human relationships and a fundamental element of social capital. And trust is also essential to healthcare. There is a significant association between trust in healthcare professionals and health outcomes for patients. And across diverse clinical settings, patients do report greater satisfaction with treatment, show more beneficial health behaviors and fewer symptoms, and um, experience improved quality of life when they have trust in their healthcare professionals. And I think that three elements are necessary for trust, positive relationships, competency or expertise, and consistency. And positive relationships our genuine interest in our patients and time taking to listen to their needs, as well as our extra efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic have helped us to establish a meaningful connections and continue to build positive relationship with our customers. And when it comes to competence and expertise, um, I think that we typically complete the four or five year master of pharmacy degree or a doctorate in pharmacy, followed by a pre-registration year internship. And once registered, we undertake a lifelong learning for further training to become more and more specialized. So at the end then consistency as the most accessible healthcare provider in many parts of the world, working in premises that operate longer working hours than many other healthcare facilities, we and our pharmacies are more able to demonstrate consistently our skills and caring. And um, I think that um, this is very important now because trust is a reservoir of goodwill for future use. And pharmacy has built up a big reserve over many years of caring and excellent expertise. And now 
when our societies are in time of general distrust fueled by the COVID-19 pandemic and the infodemic around it. So uh, I think we are in a very good position to uh, actually, uh, I wouldn't say compete, but to collaborate because I think that it's necessary today to apart from the local or traditional pharmacy, it's also necessary to be present online. And the COVID-19 pandemic has clearly indicated this as we have changed our uh, own behavior, how we do purchase uh, things, etc. So embracing the digital world is very important and to see how technology is an enabler for services and how it actually enables us to connect with our patients, etc. For sure. And those were some very wise words, I would have to say, Lars. I was, uh, those were very insightful and I, I'm definitely taking those away. And, you know, in terms of processing what you had just mentioned, a beautiful insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I think that kind of follows uh, with my next question is, um, you know, you did kind of touch briefly on it is, how do you envision the role of virtual pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical care in the next five years? Uh, do you think it will be a bust after the pandemic or do you think we're only getting started and this is gonna continue to grow? Well, I think that throughout history, pharmacy has successfully adapted to and adopted a range of new technologies that were developed during the first, I would say three industrial revolutions and had the potential to disrupt the economic life of whole societies. As such, I think that virtual pharmaceutical care will continue to grow because there is no way of going back to where we were before. Our healthcare systems need to change, they need to evolve and so do pharmacy. And today's pharmacists continuously use innovations to improve pharmaceutical care and provide access to safe and effective medicines uh, for patients across all communities. And also in the past 20 years, pharmacy has developed and implemented a range of people-centered clinical services, which incorporate technological advancements that improve the care provided and further assist our profession to fully embrace the digital revolution. And as I said, I think that the COVID-19 pandemic has already been a disruptor for community pharmacy services and is also serving as a catalyst for more pharmacies than ever delivering medicines and providing advice and other services remotely due to patients having. So technology brings new opportunities through combining care with supply rather than seeing them operate in silos. And I would like to see technological advances being utilized, as I said, as an enabler of seamless care, combining diagnostic management by doctors with medicines optimization and pharmaceutical care by pharmacists. As such, I think that pharmaceutical care or virtual pharmaceutical care will, by the use of technology, become uh, more frequent in the future. I agree. Uh, and so I share similar thoughts as well. I think we're just getting started on this whole virtual uh, pharmacy component. Um, innovation is definitely going to be the driver in terms of, you know, how quickly we adapt and grow uh, with this virtual environment. Um, and I think we are just, uh, you know, putting in our baby steps when it comes to innovation within pharmacy, especially from the online presence um, and the digital tools that we use in our day-to-day -day operations. Um, I think we have, we have spoken extensively about the enablers um, that, you know, this pandemic has provided. And I did want to take an opportunity to kind of shed some light on the challenges um, that, you know, that, that are currently present uh, for pharmacies and pharmacists to kind of practice to the fullest potential. So what are some of the challenges or barriers that exist within our profession? 
Well, I think that from a general perspective, pharmacy in all countries um, are not part of a national health strategy. I think this is crucial because partly um, it is necessary and partly because if uh, this is not written, if we are not included in the national health strategy, it doesn't exist. It is just a desire. So I think it's really important that pharmacy is an integrated part of every national health strategy. I also believe that if um, we all, all actors within pharmacy join forces and also interact and collaborate with patient organizations, we can make the necessary changes happen as together we are stronger. Uh, I think that um, healthcare and our societies need that we are an integrated actor within the health strategy. And I also truly believe that our patients and customers demand it. Another important issue is actually the proper reimbursement for our clinical services. If pharmacy becomes an integrated actor and with integrated services, we can actually, I think, solve the reimbursement problem because then our clinical services will actually be part of the primary healthcare portfolio as so many other services within the primary healthcare system. And this is actually much easier if we are a part of national, a national health strategy with clear objectives, etc. So we need to become a part of the wider healthcare team. And another challenge is, do we actually in our individual countries have a plan for the future of pharmacy? With the exponential development in healthcare, with, for example, digitalization, we need to have a clear strategy today where we want to be, say, 2030, because time is going so fast and the decisions we make today will definitely, definitely outline what kind of pharmacy we will be in 2030. I agree. And that is, I think that is a tremendous insight you shared there, because I, uh, I, I think you have, you know, you have hit the nail where it hurts because we do not have a strategy in terms of you know where we see our profession on a national, global, regional level, um, and you know and how do we want to move towards that goal? So current sometimes it feels like our efforts may be very uh, disrupted because we're all kind of focusing on different um, pockets of areas mm -hmm. of you know, where we want to focus our advocacy efforts on. And I, I agree with you. Just like we have a strategy for where we see our nation progressing in the next few years, we should similarly have a strategy for a profession. And I mean, I would uh, go further on to add that we should maybe have a global unified advocacy efforts in terms of you know where we want to take our profession on a global level and then have national and regional level strategies um, that can be, you know every country can then pursue at their yes. own mm -hmm. um, regulatory depending on the regulatory framework mm -hmm. right and I think that brings me to uh, my next question is um, you know what are your thoughts on a global unified advocacy effort like is there is this a viable dream or uh, you know is it just like a fantasy well, uh, I, I don't think it's a, a dream. It's a, a, a reality. Doors to new and expanded roles have been opened during the pandemic for the pharmacy profession. And living through the pandemic requires a great deal of innovative approaches for the pharmacy profession. And I am very proud of how FIP, the International Pharmaceutical Federation, as the only global pharmacy organization, has continued to progress its mission to support global health by enabling the advancement of pharmaceutical practice, sciences, and education through adaptive innovations, especially in the areas of non-communicable diseases, prevention, vaccination, primary healthcare, interprofessional 
practice and patient safety. And I am convinced that the pharmacy profession needs to evolve with the support of technology and education. And through technological and educational transformations, pharmacists can change the narratives and provide valuable services that play significant roles in improving healthcare in our societies. And um, I think uh, the way uh, FIP is working is uh, very important in this perspective. And um, I think also, well, actually I'm very proud of that to ensure the delivery of optimal pharmacy interventions across practice science and education, we have actually aligned strategically within FIP through the FIP development goals. And they are here to advance and transform the pharmacy profession. So uh, I believe that there is no pharmacy practice without education and scientific foundations. And therefore, I am also convinced that within FIP, we can even furthermore uh, support our member organizations and different countries uh, um, to, to transform pharmacy. Because the real success story for the future uh, will be how we, um, as um, a united uh, profession, motivation, engagement, and support of key stakeholders, including our member organizations, for example, in Canada, uh, and all our individual pharmacists at all levels of practice actually can collaborate together and advocate for the profession. And when we adv advocate for pharmacy, actually, we advocate for our patients and for our healthcare systems. So it, it's not in our own interest, it's in the interest for our patients and for the society as whole. I agree 100%. And as a passionate advocate for our profession and for our patients myself, uh, I resonate with you completely when you had mentioned I, I have been in awe with the work that FIP has done. As a member of FIP YPG myself and a Congress liaison, I was very excited mm -hmm. uh, that I, I had this opportunity to be a part of such a wonderful organization that's so dedicated and works you know, I would say like the experience that I've had as a volunteer has been incredible. Um, it has been a great learning curve <clears throat> and the resources that we create. I think we need to, um, you know, uh, it's, they're open to all members and like, you know, I'm, I'm encouraging everyone to go out, check out those resources because they're very valuable. Um, and I think that what I, one of the things that always intrigues me and, um, you know, makes me curious is, um, you know, how do we engage our pharmacy professionals um, to be part of advocacy efforts? Because sometimes I feel like that participation is lacking. Um, so, you know, what, what could we do to kind of engage more frontline um, pharmacists and pharmacy technicians to be part of advocacy efforts? Well, I think um, a, a compelling vision for the future, like the new vision we have for community pharmacy within FIP mm -hmm. um, is an important tool. And we need on a general, in a general perspective, be where our patients are. And I think now more than ever, pharmacies and pharmacists need to uh, adapt to the new world. And with strong competition anticipated from many new niche actors in the market, uh, I think uh, this is a moment to remind us all once again of the importance of listening uh, closely to what our customers and patients want, transforming our offer and providing our patients with uh, unparalleled uh, pharmacy health and well-being experiences. Uh, in this way, I think we need to continue to demonstrate our value and how pharmacy and pharmacists actually will be even more at the center of healthcare system, pay, paving a way for the stronger future, I would say. But I think it's very important that we all uh, remind ourselves that we have um, um, actually an obligation 
to advocate for the profession. And we need to do this together. And um, I think that we need uh, to stay informed about issues that affect medication-related outcomes and advocate on behalf of our patients, the profession and the public. And these issues might, might uh, or may include legal, regulatory, financial, and other health policy issues. And this obligation for all of us extends beyond the individual practice side to their broader communities. So I think that in order to fulfill uh, this obligation, training and education is needed as well. So I urge my colleagues, uh, colleagues in pharmacy to accept this responsibility and to be advocates both within and outside the profession in our communities and in our societies as a whole to strengthen the care of our patients. Because when we advocate for pharmacy, as I said, we actually advocate for our patients and our health systems. Thank you so much for that wonderful um, insight onto that, Alars. And I completely agree with you on that. I think uh, we have to advocate not just for ourselves, but also for our patients and couldn't have worded better than the way you have worded it. So thank you for that. And I think, I mean, just as I'm wrapping up, um, you know, my questions uh, here, I wanted to ask you for some brief and quick insights into, you know, some questions that I had. How do you describe the future of community pharmacy in the next five years? Well, I think that the global community pharmacy landscape is in, in constant evolution. And um, I think that COVID-19, once again, has showed the, uh, how actually we needed to respond very fast. And we can see the new trends in self-care, the emergence of new technologies and digital players, trends in re regulatory models, innovation in professional services and remuneration models as well and the increasing role that community pharmacies play in primary health care. And this is all contributing towards the goal of universal health coverage. And it makes this a vital and dynamic sector for a profession and for our societies in general. And as such, I can see that actually we as pharmacists are in the perfect position to improve quality of life and clinical outcomes medication therapy management, medication reviews and monitoring, disease management, vaccine administration, prevention and wellness services for our patients, thus reducing healthcare costs with convenient and cost-effective solutions. So the bright spots also include the unprecedented acceleration of innovation, as we mentioned before, collaboration and discovery, a catalyst for the future of health and pharmacy. And this can actually help us reimagine and bring us a healthier, smarter and fairer post-COVID world. And uh, I would also like to uh, emphasize um, how actually a highly personalized experience is at the forefront of the pharmacy of the future. Because by gaining a better understanding of a patient or consumer and their health and wellness journey, I think that is the first step to creating this positive consumer experience. And in order for pharmacies to provide a true personalized experience, there needs to be a way of tracking the individual's activity across multiple platforms because digital tools, uh, they are therefore an integral part to this process and can help determine consumer preferences, values, develop data-driven, actionable goals and enhance the uh, consumer experience through a variety of different, um, different additional services. 
So I do see a very positive future for pharmacy and our healthcare systems and societies need this needed and our customers actually want pharmacy to have a stronger role as the gateway to care and an integrated active within primary healthcare as well. Thank you so much on that. And um, I guess just a few last questions remaining. Uh, one advice for community pharmacists as you know, as we prepare for the future. Well, I think that we need to be curious. We need to be interested in our future. We have um, uh, seen uh, many fast changes during the last years. And um, we have also seen how health systems had to cope with the new challenges linked to COVID-19. But still there are many new, many other challenges for our healthcare systems as well that um, pharmacists and pharmacies can, can um, uh, help to solve. Uh, I think that we actually have to look into our dig digital offerings and, and ways of serving our communities remotely. And as such, I think that we have to, as pharmacists, start to use our pharmacokinetics, pharmacogenomics and pharmacodynamics background and put it into use, benefiting our patients and our societies. This is our real value proposition, our knowledge, our competence as pharmacists. And pharmacists assist in the management of chronic conditions through comprehensive medication management services in community pharmacies. So we need to collaborate, we need to advocate, we need to join forces with our patient organizations and we have to be bold and then we will succeed. I agree 100% on that, Lars. And um, one advice for community pharmacy owners, you know, as they prepare for the future, you have touched briefly, but just to kind of conclude it. Yes, uh, I think that um, we need to be open for the digital development. Uh, we need to adapt to the digital world. We need to focus, I think, on four key areas. Prevention, discovery of diseases via different kinds of testing, uh, support patients with minor ailments, and focus on patient safety and the non-communicable diseases. And, and we need to collaborate with the patient. These four areas cover most of everything we do, but we need to link it also to the digital development because digital technologies will shape the future of global health. And in the future, there will, no, will, will not be any traditional health or digital health. It will just be health digitally enabled. And as such, we need to embrace also the digital technologies. I agree 100%. And I guess while we're talking of digital technologies, we cannot forget our current generation that we're preparing in terms of, you know, entering the profession. What is one advice for the current pharmacy students and new graduates who are about to enter a profession? Well, actually, I think that we, we need to uh, try to convince our university and, and uh, universities and academic institutions to um, actually foster integrate uh, these new kinds of, of uh, areas into the education because pharmacists need to be prepared when they leave the universities um, to this new digital um, healthcare system. And as such, also we need to focus more on collaboration with other healthcare professionals because we can't work anymore in silos. We need to work together. So perhaps uh, join forces already uh, at the university and start to work together. 
I agree. Um, and, and you have you have said that exactly. Those are my thoughts that I resonate with, because I think uh, there's more and more emphasis that's being put on in terms of outcome based healthcare, right, where we are focusing on yes. you know, what is our intervention and what outcome it leads to. Um, and I think it's critical that we as a profession, you know, figure out what is our, our contribution to that outcome. And, you know, how do we leverage that um, as we move forward? Because I think that is also one of the pieces um, that you had <coughs> talked about, um, you know, where, where we need to have a bit more research collaboration with other healthcare providers to really emphasize the impact we bring to the circle of care yes. um, that surrounds a patient right yes. um, thank you so much um, Lars thank this, was you. A, this was a uh, this was a brilliant and I'm, I'm just gonna say that I have so many things that I'm taking back with me um, in in terms of you know understanding um, deciphering and like you know truly being able to implement that into my practice so that you know I'm able to become a better contributor um, and this has been uh, a wonderful conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know this thank is you. a busy day for you, but thank you for taking this time out to have this conversation with me. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of um, valuable insights that our audiences are going to benefit from, um, you know, once this is published. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much, Lars. And it was a thank pleasure. You, Aska. It was yes. a pleasure connecting with you. And uh, till we, we meet next time, thank you again. <laughs> thank you so very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome.